Thanks for joining me on another episode of Business School. I am your host, James Phillip. I am a serial entrepreneur and angel investor that founded Heavy Hitter Holdings, where I have more than a dozen different companies and brands under management. You can follow me on YouTube and Instagram at jamesphillip313 or download these anywhere podcasts are available. With that being said, let's jump on it. I just wanted to do a short to the point episode on how the rich get richer without all the negativity trying to to beat the wealthy down because that doesn't help you understand how to gain your own wealth. So I want to talk a little bit about why the rich keep getting richer. And then I'm going to give you some ideas on how you can gain your own wealth. And I'm not trying to sell you nothing. I'm not one of those ridiculous YouTube videos trying to go take their free seminar on how to get wealthy. Um, I'm someone that came from nothing, you know, two parents that didn't graduate high school. I barely went to high school and I went on to the tech industry and then went and started more than a dozen different companies and brands. Um, I got a good idea what it's like to come from nothing and, and build some kind of wealth. I'm just going to give you some ideas on how you can do that yourself. Um, so stay tuned. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about two different things. Let's get the rich getting richer out of the way. Um, I am sure there's a lot of uh, power hungry people out there that are stomping on everyone else to get their wealth. And I, where I came from, there's like a lot of people that believed all the rich people were the puppet masters yet. None of those people, people ever held me down. You know, I was able to come from nothing and to build the group of companies that I have. You know, so what I learned is a lot of the stuff that goes on in your neighborhood, if you're not making a lot of money or if you're struggling, the mindset that's in those neighborhoods and your family and your friends, it will kill you. It will, it will stop you from ever getting anywhere if you keep listening to that. Um, this is how the rich get richer. For example, 2008 and 2009, when the market crashed, sure, Everyone lost money, even wealthy people lost a lot of money. But the trick is they had money to invest at the right damn time. When the market went down to crazy low numbers in the stock market, for example, that is when rich people put all their money back in the market, knowing that it was going to bounce back up. Think about this for a moment. Roughly 10 years ago, if you would have put $100,000 in the market during the crash, you would have made probably somewhere between 300 to 500% on your money in 10 years. That's how much the stock market went up. The problem is if you didn't have any savings or you're living check to check, you didn't have the opportunity to take advantage of that. So the people that I know that have a lot of money or have gained wealth rapidly, they had money to make investments at the right time. When opportunities come to you, you have to be ready. That's just one example. They were able to just crush it in the stock market and you put $100,000 in, you might you might have now had $500,000. If you put a million dollars in, you might have had as much as $5 million right now. Think about that for a minute. But if you had no money to invest, how do you ever take advantage of opportunities? The second thing I watch people do During that same downturn, when the housing prices went crazy low, they started scooping up houses left and right. But did you have money to take advantage of houses that were, hell, some houses were, you know, 
selling, they, they were $300,000 selling for $100,000. Now they're selling for $400,000. So again, you could have got, you know, two, three, 400% on your money. So people that had money were able to take advantage of the real estate market during the crash. They went and bought up a bunch of houses to either flip them later or turn them into rental properties. Another example, um, this one comes to mind because I know I know people that did it. When BP had that big oil spill, and I think it's 2010, don't quote me on that. You know, a lot of people believe that the stock tanked for good reasons, but they felt that it was knee-jerk reactions. And a lot of smart investors went and piled money in the BP stock. Guess what happens? You know, I think it bounced back within the next year or two by like 50% or something like that. So again, an opportunity presented itself and if you had money, you could take advantage of it. I've seen this my whole life where someone had a business for sale and someone picked it up because it was the right time and they had the money. Housing market crashed, people bought houses because they had money during the right time. Stock market crashed, they had money to invest at the right time. This is how I watched people I know that had money get rich to gain more wealth. They had money to make investments when opportunities presented itself. The problem is for a bulk of America, you know, they're living check to check. You can't do that. So, you know, where I came from, people had money for everything, but what they needed, they could afford health insurance, but they would go buy a jet ski instead. You know, it's, they had money for smokes, they had money for alcohol, they had money for weed, they had money for everything under the under the damn sun, but for what they needed to. You know, where they weren't trying to pay their house down faster. No one was talking talking about the stock market other than a couple, you know, savvy people that were trying to get somewhere. Dude, if you want to if you want to gain any kind of wealth, you're going to have to s- save some kind of money. And we're going to get to that in the second part of this episode, but Just keep in mind, it's not just a bunch of billionaires out there making moves and trying to beat you down. It's just that people with money are able to take advantage of opportunities. It's really that simple. You know, a new technology comes up and, you know, people with money can go invest in those new technologies. They can even go start their own companies to take advantage of those new technologies or whatever the trend is right now. It all comes down to, do you have capital when the opportunity presents itself. And this is how you get crazy returns. It's just hard to do that if you have no money to invest. Which brings me to the second part of the episode. If you don't have money to invest, how do you get money to invest? I get asked all the time from people looking for a mentor, asking me what should they do for a side gig so they can make more money? And I ask every time, first question, what is it your good or great or world-class at? Most of the people can't give me an answer, which is it takes the conversation to nowhere. Cause here's the thing. No one's going to pay you a great deal of money. If you're not good at something, there's a lot of people out there that are the jack of all trades, the uh, inch deep mile wide type of people. Those people don't get paid top dollar because jacks of all trades are everywhere, right? Warm bodies are everywhere. People that get paid big money are usually experts in something. They are great at something. They don't have to figure it out. They already know the answer. Those things are worth paying more money for. When I started my tech career, I would sit every Friday, Saturday, I mean, all week long, but 
nights and weekends, I would just sit there and read every tech book I could get my hands on. Sometimes reading two 500-page technology books in a weekend, I would skip the bars and going out and having fun to gain this knowledge. Well, that allowed me to go charge people $150 an hour to go do consulting and for technology stuff. But without that deep expertise, I wouldn't even, not would I not get paid that amount of money, I'd get paid nothing. Because there was no value in hiring a hack that didn't know what they were doing. That is when I really learned you have to get great at something if you want people to pay you big money. If you want to save enough money to make some power moves, it's all going to come down to income. So if you're just getting by, you're never going to save any money to go take advantage of your first opportunity. So this really comes down to what are you doing on a day-to-day basis to bring in income and if your job's not paying you enough, you're gonna to have to look at how do I get to the next level so I can start saving some money, which is a whole other issue, right? Once you start making the money, you need to save some money. I knew doctors that lived check to check. They didn't care how much debt they had or that they had no money in the bank because they were pretty much guaranteed income all the time. And as long as they had income, they could pay their debt. It's not just a thing for people that don't have money. You know, a lot of people with money live check to check. As long as you got income, you can pay your debts. It's it's that simple. We do that in this country. As long as we got enough tax revenue, we can pay our debts, right? But the thought is, you know, what's your first move? Everyone talks about real estate. Like I can go back to where I grew up. House might sell for like $100,000 right now, okay? Let's say you need $10,000 down. You know, right now I'm guessing top of my head, I'm not looking at calculators. You know, the payment on that house might be like 400 bucks a month. Plus, you know, insurance and property taxes, you got to add on that. Um, that's on a 30-year loan. You could probably rent that place out, knowing that I've seen apartments going down there for 700 bucks a month, and maybe you roughly break even on it. Um, you got to factor in repairs and whatnot over the long run. It's a whole other ca- calculation, but could you, you know, save up $10,000 and buy a house and rent it out? I mean, people do this all the time. Problem is, it's going to take you 30 years. But the cool thing is in 30 years, the renter should have paid for that house for you roughly. Can you get several of of those homes going to where you got four or five or six rentals? Like I've seen people do this and they were working, you know, middle-class jobs and they just grinded it out. Got one house, a few years later, got a second house, third, you know, got a third house, but they had to save their money. They needed the money for the down payment. They needed to have some extra money in the bank to take care of any property maintenance and whatnot. But And then obviously the vacancy rate, if you don't have someone living there until you find someone that you're losing money. Concept is these houses are getting paid for you by other people, just by renting them. If you want to get more aggressive, which I almost recommend, um, do 15 year mortgages. So imagine being able to get these houses paid for in 15 years. Sounds like really good savings accounts, right? And these are very small moves you can make even if you don't have a tremendous amount of money. How do you get 10 grand if you're broke? You're either gonna have to learn a new skill and get a better job, or you're just gonna have to work more. You know, it's, could you bust your butt an extra 20 hours a week and save up a little bit of money here and there until you get enough, you know, five or $10,000 for a down payment on a house? You probably could. I've known people that actually lived in apartments while they owned rental homes. (laughs) but are you willing to make that sacrifice? You know, that's a question you have to ask yourself, but 
it's going to be really hard to try to ever gain wealth making 40 grand a year in a corporate job where there's no money left over. And if you do have any money left over, you know, you're spending it instead of reinvesting it in things. Because what happens when that opportunity comes and you can like, man, if I just had 20 grand right now, I could have made 60. Problem is you don't have the 20 grand. I'm telling you, uh, take, take out the people that marry into money, take out the people that inherit wealth. You know, you're looking at people that when they gained a tremendous amount of wealth, they just had the money to take advantage of opportunity. Um, if they didn't do that, then it's like myself where you went and started your own business because you realize working in the corporate world, it's really hard to try to go from like 40,000 a year to $80,000 a year, right? It's if you can do something on your own where you can name your own price, have some flexibility, get paid more money, you know, it's, it's tougher, but you know, other people I know that had a, a, a tremendous amount of wealth right now, they went and started their own companies. And, you know, with that whole other group of issues, seven days a week of just grinding work, but they were able to build some wealth up through their companies. And then they had that extra capital to take advantage of the downturn in the housing market for the downturn in the stock market, when that BP stock crashed. And, you know, when these other opportunities come along, but if you don't have the cash, and then what are you going to do? Uh, it's like, like sometimes I tell people, they, they tie all their money up in 401ks and stuff. And and I'm like, you got a hundred grand in your 401k, which is smart because the, the wrong people would just blow it, right? But I'm like, what could you do with that $100,000? Like I'm thinking, you know, you could have uh, bought like two $200,000 properties and put that money down on down payments. And you could have... Uh, turn those into rentals and that it might've, it might've paid off more than your company's only ma their company is matching a tiny bit of money. Right. And I'm like, man, you would have been better off if you had access to that money to uh, take advantage of, you know, the real estate downturn. And that could have turned into maybe a little bit of positive cash flow because the houses were so cheap back then. Worst case scenario in 15 years, you could have had that house paid for. And it seemed like that was going to have far greater returns than your 401k. Granted, you know, if you would have invested that money in the stock market back then, it seemed like putting money in the stock market. No one knew that at the time, but knowing that the stock market ran up to like 29,000, it, it's hard to beat that. Like, I don't know if any buying any home was going to beat that, but the cool part is at 15 years when that house is paid off, you know, all you got is like, you know, property taxes and uh, maintenance and whatnot. So now you start generating positive income and you have an asset that's paid for, you know, you could, you know, some people will try to get that house paid for really quick, you know, not just the rental money, but money on it. And then you can start using that house as collateral for the next house or, you know, even two houses, or maybe you pull the money out of that house and use that because you're using it as a savings account and at the end of the day, it's an investment, right? You pull that money out so you can go invest in, you know, a couple more rentals. This is just one idea where I feel anyone can get started if they're smart about it. But I mean, it all comes down to saving money, right? You can't be living check to check and then get mad that your neighbor's making more money because he saved his money. I just, I, I ran into people that I, I'm talking to them about the stock market, for example, and they tell me they don't have um, money to do that. But when I'm on their Instagram, they went to Mexico twice in one year, right? Every year they take two big vacations. And you get in that conversation of like, well, you know, we need a break and we deserve it. And I'm like, well, what do you want? You know, do you want the vacation? <laughs> do you want the break? 
you quote unquote need or do you want to get yourself set up financially to not struggle anymore? Do you want to get set up financially to where you can retire one day and not have to worry about running out of money at 65 and then trying to live off social security? And, you know, people always got money for the things they want to do, but then they want to complain that they're not where they want to be. It doesn't work that way unless you make a bunch, a bunch of money. So, um, you got to find a way to get your income up, whether it's, getting a better job, learning a new skill, mastering a skill so people will pay you more money or you're going to have to start your own business so you can generate more income or more money. Maybe it's a side hustle. I don't know. Sometimes I think if if you spend 20 hours a week on a side hustle, for example, and it's not paying you much, what, what if you just put that extra work into your regular job? For example, I know salespeople that, you know, barely work 40 hours and they just hardly get by in their, in their gig. And then they're worried about all these side hustles they do. And I'm like, look, what if you spend 60 hours a week? No, right now they're spending like 40 at work and 20 on side hustles. What if you spent the 60 hours on your sales job trying to crush it and to make as much money as possible? It sounds like you would actually make more money and have more stability in your job if you just focused on the one thing and got great at it. Like I was saying earlier, get great at something so people pay you more. But they don't want to hear that because they don't want to do sales 60 hours a week. They'd rather go screw around with these little little things and it never gets them to where they want to be. So maybe you do a side hustle, but you need to think about what if you just doubled down on your job or found a job that if you put more effort in, it gives you more money or it has a bigger payout. You know, get to the point to where you can start putting away five to seven hundred bucks a month till you got enough money, for example, to put a down payment on your first rental property. Maybe you save up enough money to, you know, open up your first sandwich franchise. I knew a guy when I was a teenager, one of my dad's friends, my dad worked in a steel factory. Um, you know, and this guy worked at a steel factory, obviously, but worked in a steel factory. They didn't make much money. This wasn't like UAW money at the big auto shops. They, they didn't get paid like that, man. But this guy, um, came to the country, got a, a job at a steel factory and saved his money up. Saved up enough money to open his first little party store. And it was a small party store, but saved up enough cash to get his first business out the ground. Now he's still working at the steel factory, keep in mind. Got the party store open. Two years later, continued to save more money from the steel factory job, plus he's making money at the party store. Well, he took his extra savings from the steel factory job and the extra savings from the party store. Now granted, he didn't go buy a bigger house. He didn't take a bunch of vacations. He didn't buy cars and clothes. He saved the money. So what he did then is he took the extra income and savings from those two, and then he went and opened his first Subway sandwich shop. So now, a year later, once that thing was moving, he had the party store bringing in extra cash, the Subway store bringing in extra cash, plus his full-time job in the steel factory. What do you think he did next? You guessed it. Opened up a second Subway. <laughs> All right. Guess what he did a year and a half later, two years later? He opened another subway. This all started from a working class guy that came here from India. Frugal with his money, saved his money, invested it into a tiny business, started generating a little bit of extra income. Now he had extra income from two joints. You know, it's, it makes sense, right? So you can't tell me that working class can't do it. It's just, it's tough. But guess what, man? Anyone that ever was really self-made that didn't have any um, advantages, didn't get a head start. They're going to tell you it's tough. 
It's not easy. It's a grind. It's a hustle. You got to save. You got to be frugal. But this is what you have to do. Once he had three subways and the party store and the steel factory, he still worked at the steel factory. He never quit that job until he retired. He took all that money and then he started investing in the stock market, right? So he was able to invest in like 1999 and 2000 when the tech boom happened. You know, this, this gentleman was able to generate quite a bit of wealth for himself from coming to this country where he barely could speak English and had no skills working a barely above average minimum wage job in a steel factory is, you know, his wife worked, he worked, they saved their money and they were able to build a hell of a life for themselves. And I think a lot of people need to hear that it can be done. You know, I know someone else that, you know, worked as a bartender, you know, their, her husband had a, a decent job in the automotive industry. So, you know, they had extra money from her working, but worked as a bartender, saved all of her money up to the point to where she could go open up a small uh, fashion store. Granted, that was a seven day a week job for her, but she was able to save enough money from the bartending gig to open up her own little store and then grow that thing into a hell of a good little business. And I think if, depending on where you come from, you're so programmed, where I came from, you're so programmed that say, everything's rigged against you and you can't do it. You know, look, don't spend your money on stupid stuff. Don't rack your credit cards up in crazy debt. Stop buying all the stuff you don't need. Save some money up and start letting your money work for you. Whether you buy a, a small sandwich shop, whether you try to start your own little business, um, whether you try to get your first rental property, there are ways to do it. Like, man, I know guys that work 40 hours a week in a shop and then they cut lawns on the weekend. All right. You know, it's this whole, I want to work 40 hours and make six figures. It doesn't work that way, man, unless you are extremely skilled at what you do. And even then, I just don't know anyone that works 40 hours and makes six figures. Most of the people making that kind of money are logging 50, 60 hour weeks. And then, hell, if they're a business owner, they may not be working 60 hours, but it's still a lot of work over seven days a week and a lot of headaches and a lot of stress. But this myth of I'm going to make 100 grand in 40 hours, I wish you luck. It's just, you know, especially if you're not educated or you don't have a particular skill or you don't own something, just get it out of your head. So, you know, you could start a lawn business. You know, I, I know a guy that makes six figures and, and cutting lawns. He's got a whole little lawn company and they do fertilizer. They'll empty out your sprinklers. They shove, they do your snow in the wintertime. They do fertilizer. They'll plant bushes. Like it started off with just cutting grass. Now he's got a whole landscaping company. And that started with a couple thousand dollars in equipment and, and working on the weekends. So you could do that. You could start a lawn, you know, some kind of landscaping business or basic lawn cutting, you know, and snow business to make the extra money to go open your subway, to go open or to go buy your first rental house. But if you're making 40 grand a year, working 40 hours a week and some corporate job that's got no upward mobility and you have no skills that's gonna that pay you extra money because you get better at something, then it's just never gonna happen, man. So at the end of the day, the rich keep getting richer because they have money to take advantage of big opportunities. You know, opportunities where they can get 100, 200, 300, 400% on their money. It's just that simple. And if you want to get there, you're going to have to have a job or a side hustle or run your own business so you can get the extra money to make some power moves and 
get your rental property, get your subway going, get something to generate extra money that you can put in the bank. So when the next big opportunity comes your way, you can take advantage of it. Right now, you, you've seen with the coronavirus, the stock markets have taken a tremendous hit. And they pull back three or 5,000 points and you're thinking they're done. You know, what if this pulls back to 20,000, 19 or 18,000? Again, if that happens, you're probably gonna miss out on the opportunity to dump some money in. What if you could dump your money into the stock market at 18 and in two years it goes back up to 30? Again, another opportunity is going to present itself shortly if, if a recession comes or this virus gets really bad. But are you going to have the money to take advantage of it? You know, the smart players are already out of the market and, and they're just sitting there waiting, man. They're going to sit there and wait for another opportunity to get 50% on their money in, you know, 24 to 36 months. You're going to see this happen again and again and again over your life, whether it's real estate, whether it's a new business opportunity, whether it's a stock market. It's just a question of whether or not you're going to have the capital to take advantage of it. But that is all I got for this episode. Uh, make sure you follow me on Instagram, YouTube at jamesphillip313. Um, share these with a friend. I got a lot more of these business episodes coming out based on my own experiences of running my companies and being an angel investor. But until then, I'm going to catch you on the next one. <laughs>